Welcome to the Abundance Matrix Underground Podcast. Get ready to go behind the scenes with Amanda Flaker and listen in on private conversations she's had with powerful creators who are building the new world, as well as her thoughts on the Abundance Matrix. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Abundance Matrix Underground Podcast. This week's episode is similar to last week. It's an excerpt from my Abundance Matrix Mastermind, which is now officially available for people to join. Um, I've had this group for a long time. I recently moved it off Facebook. I've opened and closed it several times, and I've really been honing in on the specific vibe I want to have for it for 2022. So I wanted to share this episode because, or this video, this, this audio that I did for the group for those of you who are considering joining the group. And whether or not you join or not, I think this is some really powerful information. But, um, I do, I know a lot of you have, have been thinking about it and have been waiting for me to open it again. And so I wanted to give you kind of, um, an idea of, of what it's going to be like, what, what kind of content I'm going into. But essentially, you know, for the last five years of me doing the work that I do, I've done a lot of, a lot of my stuff is experimental. A lot of the messages that I get and the classes that I put on are more experimental. And I decided this year, rather than doing a bunch of different live classes, that everything that I teach live is, is going to be in my mastermind. So and it's a, it's a more affordable way for everyone to join because some of my courses, some of my six weeks to eight week courses have been, you know, between $333 to $555. And I did that on purpose because I like to have a certain feel and I want, I want people who are really actually wanting to invest in the content. And so a higher, I, I used to do, when I first started, I did things on donation. I've done things for free. I've done, I've tried all these different models and have been really looking for the right model that fits well with what I already do. So the Abundance Matrix Mastermind now is you um, you can either sign up monthly. So if you want to just try it for one month and if you don't like it, you can cancel or you can join for the whole year of 2022 and get all of my content basically. So for the entire year, it's $555 for all of my teachings. Well, all the ones that I'll be doing in the mastermind. And then I have a chakra cleanse um, attunement course that I'm offering to the public that will just be available to anyone that's pre-recorded. So Basically, the delineation is going to be, I will have classes. Gen Magic's going to be coming out this year again to the, the new version of it with Rachel Jensen. And um, those will be things you can purchase that you just get emailed to you. You have access. You go through it at your own pace. The mastermind is me live. Me sending, I, I, I do a video live every week. I do a spell every week. Spell meaning live prayer, action. It's the action step, really. Um, and so all of my experimental stuff is now going to be in the mastermind in one container and all the groups, the stuff that I filtered through last year, like the tantric entrepreneur experience, um, the, what else did I do? The spell of astronomical abundance, all of those things, I will be doing new versions of them in the mastermind. So, so if you want, if you want access to any of those things, any of those teachings, being with me weekly, um, the mastermind is the place to be. And I have intentionally, we've been working, I have a group, a, a core group of people who've been, a lot of them in the mastermind for several years now. And it is a powerful group of people. And it's it the space, I feel like we've really honed the space where there's a lot of trust, a lot of sovereignty, 
a lot of um, awareness, especially for the year 2022. Now that I'm off of Facebook, my group used to be on Facebook and now it's on the Mighty Network so much better. It's just a clear space. It's it's more conducive for what I want to do. And we've really set the intention that um, the psychic energy, the psychic container is safe. Psychological safety has been one of my number one things because I don't believe that we can go to the levels we're meant to go or we're capable of going to if we don't first have psychological safety. And a lot of the mastermind is about astral etiquette and psychic etiquette, which is not something we're taught because we are still collectively operating under the belief that we're not psychic and that we don't influence each other with our thoughts and feelings. And so this mastermind really turns that on its head and, and helps us um, hone in our, our technology from the inside out. So I didn't mean to talk that long about it, but I just wanted to let you guys know this is an excerpt from the Abundance Matrix Mastermind it is a new, it's a new space energetically and it feels so good to be on the Mighty Network. I am so, so, so grateful that there's um, tools and platforms out there that are conducive for people like me. So, and the, the best, best, best part about it is that the group on Facebook, although I'm very grateful for Facebook for, for having a space where I can host a group for free for a year, I've had it on there for a few years, um, the great thing about the Mighty Network is there's no algorithms that keep you from seeing my stuff. So even in my own groups on Facebook, people didn't see stuff. They do it via algorithms. It's kind of weird. So I'm grateful there'll be no algorithms that get in the way between you actually seeing my stuff and connecting with me in this group. So super grateful for the shock, not the, not just the chakra cleanse that's coming out later. And I do talk about the chakra cleanse in this podcast. Um, but super grateful for the mighty network. Like I said, it's really, I'm, I feel good. Cause I finally feel like, Oh, that feels so much better. The pricing feels better. It's more affordable, um, to have like kind of unlimited access to all my stuff, all my experiment and experiments. And for those of you who don't know, I'm not going to be posting on YouTube, my long teachings anymore. And I'll be posting on YouTube, very little, very short, short videos, short clips, short excerpts, um, just to kind of invite people, get the, the gist of things. But really, I feel my energy is best spent with people who truly are interested in what I do because it's very esoteric and it doesn't, it just feels like a safer container. A lot of this practice that I do, and especially because I'm really honing in on the craft of being a creator and a manifester, and that feels safer within a container of people who actually want to be there and learn that. And I just, got such a clear message to no longer put um, my deeper teachings on YouTube or any public platform anymore. So other than, of course, this podcast, it's an underground podcast. I don't advertise it. Um, so if you're listening to it, usually someone, maybe someone you know referred you here, or if you stumbled upon it, that I would love to hear how you found out about it. Um, anyway, without further ado, let's talk abundance. Hello, Abundance Matrix, Mastermind, people, Welcome to 2022. Welcome to the new space on the Mighty Network officially. I know we've been here for a couple weeks, but this is the official. This is the official first week for me because 2022, I knew I needed an anomaly. I knew I need I knew I needed lots of anomalies for 2022 and I want to make it fun. I want to make it playful. I have said this over and over, but I believe one of the most strategic anomalies that we can spark is 
deeply and intimately knowing our tech, understanding our tech, so we can be strategic about how we go about our lives this next year. I think it's very clear to most people globally, which is so amazing to me that at the at <clears throat> about let's see, 3 years ago when I first did my first spell of astronomical abundance and the entire it was a small mentoring group and our goal was to spark anomaly. I didn't even know exactly what I was doing. Um, I just knew I needed to teach these things. I knew I needed the messages needed to come through. And that was at the time, like COVID and all of that hit right after the pandemic, everything that's been going on, like the entire world went into an anomaly. I truly went into a parallel reality. When I started that, I asked for abundant, massive astronomical shifting. The, The literal goal of that group was to shift the algorithms, the collective algorithms. So in my mind, I was like, okay, whoa, that's pretty potent spell work. (laughs) Not saying that I caused that, but what I've realized about manifestation and intention and resonance training is that when we understand that all realities exist as dormant potentials, and we vibrate into the one we want to awaken up, waken up, make alive, it, it, what I realize is that it always existed. It's not that I caused it. It's that we, we line up to that space where the urge for it becomes the dominant urge. The more we line up to our urge, the more it becomes the urge of humanity itself becomes apparent around us. And obviously with what's been going on in the last couple of years, everyone experienced it differently depending on where you lived and your socioeconomic status and your job and all of it. Like some people, it, it was the, the, it has been the most difficult time of their life. Other people have been thriving more than they've ever thrived. And even that is a powerful reflection of how this all works. Two men can be plowing the same field and one can literally be in such a high resonance that they disappear from the other. You become in two different experiences on the same planet or is it? (laughs) That's the interesting thing. But without getting too esoteric yet, don't worry, I will definitely get very esoteric. I wanted to talk about one of the strategic anomalies that I feel called to enact in this space with you and in my life as a whole. I heard, as I was tuning in for 2022, I went to Moab to record some content for the Chakra Cleanse course that I'm doing. And by the way, side note, some of you have um, asked about that, and I'm going to run a private version of it with just people, I'm just offering it to people here in this group first. And I'm just going to, it's going to be the videos that I'm giving to everyone because it's pre-recorded, but I wanted to do like a live run of it just so I can get like that direct, I don't know, magic with it. So, um, side note, if you want to, if you want to get the chakra cleanse course, let me know. Um, but anyway, I was in Moab creating content. I spent the first day of 2022, in Canyonlands, and then at the top of Dead Horse Point, which is one of my most favorite places in Moab. My mom took me there, took my sisters and I there before she passed away, and that was my first time ever being there. And 
Oh, it's just magical. And it's a portal and it's vast and it's, I feel like it is one of those spaces that you can slip through timelines and see through timelines. There's something about being high in, and looking down into a vast abyss of canyon and emptiness and space. And in the case of Dead Horse Point, erosion, it's what causes all the, the way it looks is erode years and years and years, millions of years of erosion. Fascinating, fascinating. So as I was there and I was tuning in, I asked, I was just tuning in to what I truly want to enact this year. I mean, there's lots of things I want to enact, but if I were to summarize it in one thing, it was its intimacy to deepen my intimacy with life. And what I heard is that this is perhaps one of the most strategic anomalies any of us can enact. Because the algorithms of war want to keep us separated and at war, in resistance, not making love, not in intimacy. So the greatest anomaly we can spark for 2022 is intimacy, deepening our intimacy with life. And this requires shifting, as we've been talking about so much, shifting our vision, our sight from the eye of judgment to the eye of witness. Because we can't even begin to create the kind of intimacy that is necessary for the amount of thriving that we're urging for until we can first create that intimacy with ourselves. We've got to be able to really look at ourselves. And the second we start judging, and we're most critical with ourselves, that's why I say start with yourself. It's actually going to most likely, we're all different, but most likely be one of the hardest places to enact intimacy, more intimacy, intimacy. When we look at ourselves through the eye of judgment, we instantly cut off intimacy with our beingness with just being. And and if we're not in intimacy with being, we are not in intimacy with our creative tech because that's what our creative tech is. It's the essence of being and having a preference and desire within that being, that beingness bringing about preference. That's the miracle. That's that's the uniqueness of what we are. How our beingness sparks desire and preference. How polarity itself sparks desire and preference. And obviously there's an art to desire because we know we can get consumed by it. We know that when we're out of balance and we think we're in the mimic program and we think, oh, in order to have intimacy, I have to have people like me. And in order to have people like me, I need to do what's the thing that I'm supposed to do, whatever that is, whatever we believe it is. But I've got to be liked. I've got to be enough. I've got to prove that I have worth. And so many of us get stuck in that for so long, which as we've talked about, gets us out of alignment with our true creative desires, our true creative urge. So acknowledging as we have done in in this these first few videos that I've sent out for this new space, which has been all about creating a safe container, connecting with our psychic preferences, which is 
which creates psychic boundaries, which ultimately creates psychic protection. The preference itself is what protects us. What gets us out of alignment and what makes us vulnerable is when we deny our preferences and go go towards what we think we should want or what we think we should do. Because if we do, it's, I call it like the back doorway. Here's what I really want, love and acceptance and witness. And I don't believe I can just have that as I am or because I'm not enough or whatever our storyline is. So I'm going to look to something outside of me to show me what to do so that I can have intimacy, love, and witness. And then what we do has nothing to do with what we're desiring to do. We get it really twisted. And that's why I think there's so much confusion around this and, and fear, actual fear around desire, around preferences, around intimacy. So this is why it's so anomalous to say for 2022, I'm not only going to choose deeper intimacy with life, but I'm going to choose deeper intimacy with my own technology, with how I work. I'm going to choose to become fascinated with me, not just with humans. We've had humans that have gotten fascinated with humanity and studied humanity, and but I have yet to see, and I'm not saying they haven't existed because I know they probably have. And I'm as soon as I say this, I'm sure that the universe is going to bring me an, an archetype for me to see an example of this. But in my life thus far, most archetypes that I've seen, even ones that I've admired or that we collectively seem to admire as a culture or as humanity, they... They tend to be, like we've had a big emphasis for a long time on being a good person, quote unquote, and this is what a good person is. And oddly, the lack matrix has taken that and done what it always does, which is like, okay, so, oh, being good is now how you be worthy. And this is just our subconscious lack programming. So, oh, I got to be good. So what is good? And then again, we go outside of ourselves and try to find What's good? How do I be good so I can be enough, so I can get love, witness, validation? And then once we have those things, it gets so much deeper because that's when we can start having actual communion. And then communion and that deep intimacy of communion creates, it's like it builds the neural pathways for the sturdiness we need in our human psychology. Collectively, we have been in such deep psychic warfare that most humans don't trust themselves, don't trust others. And again, this comes down to because we don't understand how our technology works. Most people have no idea that even if they are an introvert and live in their basement or stay in their home all the time and rarely interact with anyone, often those type of people are, have the most potent reach psychically. Often their thoughts are the most powerful And they're having an incredibly powerful influence on everything around them. And this is one of the things we just don't get about our tech because we still collectively act like, despite what we know scientifically, we still act like we're not psychic, that we don't influence matter, which we do and we know we do. That we, when we observe something and we believe something about it, that we literally begin to shape it including people and their psychology. And this is why I keep talking about, I think, especially highly sensitive people and empaths often when we're, when we're out of alignment, when we're in lack, 
we just get shapeshift all the time, shapeshifted by everyone's projections. It's why I, I know I've heard people say this and I've, I've felt this my whole life, but it's, it's, it's one of those weird things. Like when someone, um, let's say like, this is a stupid example, but say you're a kid and you're at your friend's house and their mom comes home and like, they're mad because someone ate the last cookie out of the cookie jar. And even though it wasn't you, you feel the guilt as if it's you and you feel like you're the one in trouble and you almost feel like you should be punished. I've had this since I was a kid and I've always thought, why is this? I don't get this. I didn't even do anything. Why do I feel guilty? This is also how people get extremely manipulated and powerful narcissistic, narcissistic energy knows it's like how the, it's the entire dynamics of lack. So that narcissistic projective energy that is very much at a core level believes I've been wronged. Everyone has wronged me. Everything is wrong. And, and something needs to pay for it or fix it or whatever. A lot of very sensitive types will just shape shift into, oh yeah, you're right. I, I am, I am wrong. The world is wrong. You, you were fucked over. How can I fix it for you? Even though it has nothing to do with that person directly. But do you see how we psychically manipulate each other and influence each other and in the meantime feel powerless about it all? And we, we've been studying human psychology for a while, so we get a lot of this. Like In our collective dialogue, we understand a lot of this, but we're still leaving out consciousness. We're still leaving it out of the collective dialogue. We're still leaving out that we're psychic. We're still leaving out that we influence each other. We're still leaving out that we know, doctors know this, that the placebo effect works. Why aren't we utilizing that? Why are we intent on destroying people's faith and belief in things? And and almost like, again, it's that, that mind that when the mind is God and it has to know everything. So if there's something it doesn't know or can't understand, it puts it in the box of wrong or bad or stupid. We, and I feel like there's this collective ego in the scientific quote unquote world. And, and, and most of it comes from principalities of like science that's 50 and a hundred years old. It's weird, but it's so prevalent. It's like this ego energy that's so intense that still fucking influences people, even though we know better. It's weird how people so easily can get shamed if they think they're not being logical or if it doesn't make sense or not factual. And these things matter. It's part of our process, our cognitive process, but it's not God. It's not the God and it shouldn't be the God. It's the protector. It creates the container. The heart is what leads it all. So how does your tech work? How can you have deeper intimacy with your tech? This is why I keep emphasizing the craft, the craft of being a creator and all that that implies. This is why for me, religion only took me so far because I felt like I don't, I don't get it. Like my soul is a mystic. I am meant to go deeper. I am meant to know the deeper. Like I'm, I'm meant to go so much deeper. I, I know it and there wasn't space for it in, in my version of religion. 
There wasn't space for it. There wasn't space for my gifts. There was no place to understand them or translate them or grow with them. And I think this is why people are leaving religion in in mass droves. There's a massive exodus from religion because I think there are true mystics afoot and religion has no place for them. No place. Historically, of course, they should, and I think they do. But how it plays out in, I'm talking modern culture especially, there's not a place. So we're finding more and more gatherings like this, like this Abundance Matrix Mastermind, a gathering of people who are committed in their resonance to understanding how their technology works and to activating that code because we understand that we're computers that are programmed by beliefs. So activating the code and the belief of there is enough. I am enough. You are enough. We are enough. If that's true, then let's create from that space. What could we create? Knowing that there is enough. There is. And starting with ourselves, first and foremost. So where can you, this is something I want you to think about for this week. Where can you spark deeper intimacy with yourself, others, and the planet? And, and actually look at those three areas. Something that I'm doing as I hone my own craft is hone, I'm honing a practice. I'm honing a resonance. I'm honing, I'm honing my routine, my rituals. And I'm realizing that they matter more than ever. And I'm typically not someone who loves structure. I, I like structure. It makes me feel safe. But I also like to be very flexible and creative and lucid. I'm not, like a, I'm not a type A personality. And yet, one of my anomalies for 2022 is, I think maybe for one of the first times in my life, being much more into my practice ritualistically. Morning, noon, night constantly onking myself back into the resonance of being a creator, constantly allowing myself to feel into the subtleties and nuances of my being and my specifically my desires, my preferences, because that's, again, where the psychic protection comes in. The more we allow preferences and move towards preferences unapologetically, especially the especially The psychic preferences. How do we want things to feel psychologically? Because we're in, we've been in psychic warfare historically, collectively. So it's essential that things feel psychologically safe. It's why I've been talking so much about psychological safety. And we can only create that within our own selves because we have the most direct access to our thoughts and our feelings and, and the will, the personal will what we do with that. And this is why the craft matters because your will matters. And this is the thing we're not taught from the time we're little is that you have a will. You enact it every day. What are you enacting with your will? We don't realize we will things into our lives that are potentially dangerous for us, sometimes detrimental for us. But we are using our will to will it in and we're doing it subconsciously because half the time we don't even know we have a will. We don't even realize we're allowed to have a preference in every single incident. Every little tiny nuanced aspect of where you can have a preference, the more you take up that space, the more anomaly you create, the more intimacy you create with what you are. 
And I know this is, it can feel shaky for people who are invested in being good means not being selfish and not caring about yourself. That's such a powerful trap for empaths. It's such a powerful trap for empaths. Nothing wrong with being good. Nothing wrong with caring about others. Nothing wrong with, um, you know, sometimes putting others before yourself. I, I don't think that's wrong. But a habitual habit of discounting how you feel absolutely creates an algorithm that can completely entice and entangle us in the lack matrix in ways that we don't even know. But some people wake up and they're 60 or 70 years old and they realize they've, in, they've spent their entire lives in an algorithm that had zero to do with what they wanted. Zero. And that leads me to what I want you to really connect with for this week and tune into. And that is the concept of growing where you're planted. Growing where you are. Because depending on where you've been and what kind of algorithm you've been in and what, you've, what primary belief has been operating most of your existence, you may be one of those people. I feel like I'm one of those people. I'm not 60 or 70, but... I, the, the deeper I get into how my technology works and the more I'm allowing myself to feel into my preferences, the more I realize I've ignored my deepest preferences for a long, long, long time. I didn't, because I didn't even know I even had a preference. I didn't know I even was allowed to care about certain things or how certain things felt. So something about 100% in this moment fully accepting how everything is. There's something about acceptance. Everything exists. And even if we spend our entire lives in an algorithm that we don't want, then now is the most powerful place we can do any work. And we have to work with where we're at. And this is an important message, I think, especially for the new year, as a lot of people make goals and resolutions and intentions. And I think we're getting better. I feel like collectively we're starting to get a lot better and understand that lofty, outrageous, hard goals where we feel like we have to change who we are overnight are not realistic. And I think that the deeper part of that is going even deeper, even further into our own beingness and just be with where we're at, fully be in the now and witness it. And part of accepting the now is accepting that all things are possible and all things exist. All potential realities exist. And we're allowed with our will to flow into the resonance and the reality that we are urging for. Not what we think we need and want. And this is a big part of why the craft matters because you've got to get into your body. We've got to get into our body, into our senses, into our primal instincts. I read, um, I'm reading this book on re- on reversal magic, how to reverse like negative spells. And, and I'm going to be going into that because, whoa, I had no idea how active hexing was in the last year and a half, um, two years especially. People have, even people who would normally never hex others, that's been a very, very, um, common practice the last couple of years. And I, I've, I've gone down some interesting territories there because I have felt like I've 
I've personally received things that I'm just like, what is this? Like I've, I've had negative projections towards me. I have people mad at me. I like, I feel like I have a, a pretty high tolerance for negative energy coming towards me, especially being the youngest of so many siblings and all the shit that gets projected on you because of that. But I had no idea that there was, I mean, I knew, but I didn't ever really think in my mind that I would have to understand how to reverse a negative spell that someone or something that somehow got in my sphere. And what I've realized as I've been studying a little bit about, I brought up that book for a reason because the the author talks about um, being connected to our primordial essence and how all of our magic and our craft comes from that primordial space. Rachel Jensen calls it prime, being in prime. And Prime is that space where we can reset. Everything is reset in prime. It's just pure life, pure life force, pure potential, pure urge. Nothing like on it as right, wrong, good or bad. It's not, it's not pushed into that space of duality. It just is primordial, prime energy, prime. And that's the space that I really want to set us into as we start the new year, being in prime in our primordial essence, and then feeling into our preferences from there instead of being in our pain and in our pain body and in what we don't want and in all the spaces we feel trapped psychologically, mentally, physically, and then urging from there. It's different. It's powerful no matter what because if you're urging from there, you, you usually, we usually know very clearly what we don't want. But urging from prime, urging from prime, urging from our primordial essence. Oh, there's something potent there. And what I've learned is that the deepest levels of psychic protection come from preferences. And honestly, most of what I've, not that I've done that deep of a, of a dive. Um, I don't want to give the impression that I'm super deep into this yet. I'm not. I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. But from what I have learned so far, what I've realized is that there's two things that I think are very different for me than what I hear other people who practice the craft talk about. Often a lot of these visualizations, especially for protection, like there's shielding, there's um, binding, there's clearing, there's offerings, there's all different ways to like um, reverse negative energy that's coming, that can come towards us. What I realize though is often, and in almost everything that I've seen and heard, the, the practitioner calls upon like light from above and the primordial like vitality from the earth or something outside. It's always, always involves something outside of us, spirits from outside of us, light from outside of us, dark from outside, whatever, something outside of us. And something that I get, just something in me just has not resonated with it. Not that it's wrong, but that like there's something deeper. And so as I've gone into this, like, okay, how do I feel? What What is the resonance of, of psychic safety? What's the resonance of like pure psychic bliss? Because if, if, if I'm in heaven on earth, I wouldn't psychologically feel afraid because I would trust that creation is for me. And 
anything outside of me is always just a reflection of something inside of me. And yes, there are dark forces. And yes, there, there's so much that we don't know, I guess. But what I realized is that it comes down to intimacy. Where we lack intimacy and don't trust is where we're most vulnerable to psychic attack. Intentional or non-intentional. I think most psychic attack is unintentional. People don't realize that they're even doing it. Italians in in Italian culture, it's believed that people can just be jealous enough that of you that it can put the evil eye on you or like creates the, I guess the evil eye is what protects you. But it, um, I think they call it that too. I could be wrong about that, but, but yeah, where you, you have like the, what do they call it when I think it is like you have the evil eye on you or you have like a curse in that way. But I keep seeing this vision of, so in this book that I'm reading on reversal magic, it talks about how it, it, one of the main things he talks about calling in is that column of light from above. So imagining the light coming like from the universe or whatever and coming down into your body and then imagining a red light. He has, he does white and red, the white light purifies and then the red light, um, revitalizes you. It's, it's, it's energizing and full of vitality. And I like, I mean, I love the idea of that. Yes, be cleansed by white light, be vitalized by red light, sure. Be vitalized by earth itself and by source itself, sure. But what, I I put my finger on it last night. What bothered me about it? Every time I try to visualize it, and it's because it's outside of me. It's as if we're this void and everything that animates us comes from the outside, which it's actually not true because we were formed from the heart out from the cells out and we were formed within a human that protected us. So we've always, we've been within a heart and within life and we came from life. So the, what I saw when I was trying to do that visualization instead, and this, this came right on the heels of, if you listen to last week's, the podcast that I posted, which was for this group, I also shared it publicly. Um, I talked about, where was I just going with this? Uh, oh, unplugging from the sh- from the collective chakras, unplugging from the collective algorithms, unplugging from the chakras of other people, unplugging from the energy systems around us, unplugging our chakras from the external and letting ourselves be fully sustained from source inside of us that comes from the heart out. And so what I saw, instead of this white light coming from above and this red light coming from below or doing the shield or whatever, all the things that we can do from the outside is I saw, and I've seen this visualization over and over, but it became clear to me what it was. And I saw the vision of us dropping into our heart chakra. I have us do this all the time when we do meditations here, drop into our heart chakra. And then the light from in our heart that was literally the light that animated us and created our heart and then everything else around it <laughs> being the light that that purifies and intensifies. In other words, it's in us instead of outside of us. And when we're plugged into that, think of how, how much more intimate it is than some light out there in the universe this far. It, it kind of also reminds me of why like a lot of the Christian interpretations of God didn't sit, didn't really resonate with me because it, the wording itself makes it feel like God is in the sky or far away or way above or just far from us rather than inside of us and intimately with us, intimately moving us 
intimately um, having relationship with us. That intimate. And and I've I, the more I look at this pattern, the more I see all over lack. Lack itself is truly the lack of intimacy. And this leads, and this is, might seem way far off left field, but to me, this is directly connected to AI. And there's something about 2022, the dawn of AI. AI has been around forever, but you're, we're going to see it unlike we've ever seen it. Then the next few years and AI is going to be wild. I keep using the word wild for 2022. And I honestly feel like AI has a big part to do with this. And think of, of maybe one of the, the biggest differences between us and AI is the intimacy factor. The intimacy that comes from that primordial force, that, that it comes from the inside out. It's not being programmed from the outside in. This is why I, I get why Rachel um, Rachel Jensen had such a strong desire to bring through urge and the word urge, like the whole, and Emily Modkus too. And the, like, there's lots of people doing work around urge. They may not call it urge, but, um, so many people feel like this is essential. Our primordial urge, our creative essence, that intimacy we have with life that comes is expressed through our instincts the way an animal's connect, connected to the to the earth itself and to the planet and something about getting back to that intimacy and back to those instincts that reset our algorithms with the planet itself reconnect us back to intimacy with the planet we think because the mind has been in charge for so long that we need to come up with a master plan this is the masculine way of doing things and and like figure it all out and subjugate and 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 create what we want in that way but there's this whole other part of being alive that's probably the most instinctual to us because it's everything that we are how we were created in the womb how we grew inside our mothers how we were um fed most of us a lot of us by by her breast why like how a bird feeds its baby, like how it regurgitates the food, this kind of like visceral, instinctual intimacy with life. That's the thing that's missing when we take out the link of intimacy. And it's important right now because we are the ones programming tech. We're the ones programming AI. And we are way more advanced than we realize. So AI is going to advance faster than anyone. It already has advanced faster than anyone has seen coming. And that's scary for a lot of people, but we need not be fearful at all if we reconnect to our intimacy. Because if we reconnect to our intimacy, we program AI with that code. Not to say that they can be the same as us. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's possible. Apparently all things are possible. But what I mean is if we are at war, and in resistance, and on social media, being at war and in resistance and creating that energy of us versus them, creating the energy of, I don't, I can't trust you. You're other than me. We're other. You're so different from me that I'm going to put you in them category. And then I'm going to even justify potentially hurting you because that's how far from intimacy I've gotten. The more we're in that state, I don't get, I, I don't understand how we think, well, just because we've cultivated people that we do like, if we're in deep opposition to life and others and the planet, 
we're not going to find that harmonic space, no matter how many great relationships we have in our life. It's, it's a mental space. Like, how do we feel about being alive? How do we feel? I think I said in the beginning, I recorded two of these and the first one got messed up. So I'm already, a few times I'm like, did I already say this? Did I already say that? But I think I said this in the beginning that that intimacy includes intimacy with ourself, with our own thoughts, with our own body, with our own breath. Oh, the intimacy of our organs. In one of the conversations that Rachel Jensen and I had that I recorded and shared on my podcast, she talked about um, how our bodies used to be so different. She was seeing that our bodies used to be so different. And when we were in that more of that um, expanded state of awareness that there is enough, our, because we trusted and we had deep intimacy with life, because we trusted life, we understood what it was, we opened up to it. We created so much more space in ourselves and in our breath and in our intimacy with everything was like, in, I feel when I tune into it, it feels like we were slower in terms of the body, like this intimately connected to the earth, like stopped to smell the roses, stopped to put our hands on the trees and get the code and actually have intimacy with the tree and learned how to feel into its its codes and its technology. And the one thing that Rachel said is that our, even our organs had more symmetry and composure, the way they communicated with each other. So if we're in a state of being where we are in opposition and resistance to what is, we are in that state of being literally in our bodies. And I truly believe this is the first like space where we start breaking down. This is why our human tech matters. It's why our relationship with our body matters. I think this is why Jesus said, your body is your temple. Like above all else, watch over your heart, which is the, the heart is the, the fuel of the body. If the heart stops, you die. And I brought that up last week. Above all else, watch over the heart, for it's the wellspring of life. Above all else. So this intimacy, it matters. And it not because you need to do some, you need to be healthy so you can be better, so you can look better, so that you can feel better, so you can be better in the world. That's just one very superficial level. And, and even being healthy has gotten so out of whack. It can cause so many mental disturbances in what we are because we are vitality. We are health. We are life. Moving and, and interacting and having our being with other life that has changed forms in a million different ways. And I think the more that we, we've, we've got to mentally create that psychic soothing that allows us to feel safe with what we are, including the fact that we change and we go through cycles. And this is something that I feel like is very essential in our intimacy. I brought this up in last week's video as well. Our intimacy with the cycles of living Our intimacy with the cycles, the mother maiden crone, 
there's something that feels so important about intimacy. Deep, deep intimacy. Deep intimacy with our lives. I'm looking through my notes right now because I know there's something very specific I wanted to make sure I said. And I can't find it. I know I'll I'll find it before I post this. And I will... um, I'll post it at that point. But... For this week... And I'm going to do a separate video for the spell. But to to even prep for the spell that I'm going to give you. That I'm going to give you. I've been realizing I'm say I say gonna all the time. Gonna. I have been talking like such a hillbilly lately. And I blame it on my partner fully. And I told him that. <laughs> anyway. Um, I'm joking. I mean, I'm kind of joking. I really do blame it on him. But um, I love it. Um, okay, so... What I want you to do is tune into intimacy and and think of the Trinity and, and really this whole year as we tune into our tech and we hone the craft of being a creator, I'm, I'm going to be working in threes a lot because three is that number of manifestation. It's that pyramid structure. It's stable. A, a triangle is the most stable structure. And there's something about um, working in threes. So... When, you, when it comes to intimacy, thinking of what is my, asking yourself, what is my intimacy like with myself? When I asked myself that, what I've realized is that I have been for so long protecting my heart from disappointment because it was how I had to survive. I think so many of you can relate to this. I survived by, I don't want to ever deeply love anything again or want anything deeply or care so much about anything because I don't ever want to feel that level of disappointment again. I don't want to ever be hurt. It wasn't, it didn't just start with my mom dying, but it, 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 there was lots of things after that. I feel like there was, there was several things and it, and there was a point at which I was just like, okay, I'm not going to care anymore because if I care and then I'm going to be disappointed and I can't bear it anymore. I can't bear disappointment. So I'm not going to care. I'm not going to have a preference. So one of the anomalies for me, for my intimacy with myself is to dive into what do I really care about and allowing myself to care more. Regardless of, as of, if, regardless of whether or not I'll be disappointed to have that much intimacy with what I actually truly want going into my preferences, even the small little tiny things. That's why it's been, it has felt so inaccessible or unaccessible to me. What's the word inaccessible? Because I, I had this rule, like I'm not going to care. I'm not going to want things deeply because I don't want to be disappointed. And so I tuned out of so many preferences, so many preferences. Sometimes I'm like, whoa, Where would I be in life if I just had honed my preferences? Again, remember, honing our preferences is part of psychological safety. So to just summarize everything that I said today is one, 2022 in this group is going to be about going deeper into intimacy with our tech. So first of all, your intimacy with your own tech and then our intimacy with each other's tech, 
This is the astral etiquette that I keep talking about, that if we keep denying and pretending that we're not psychic and not creators and don't influence things, influence matter by what we're observing and how we're thinking about what we're observing, then we'll keep continuing to hurt each other and then trying to control each other. So I, astral etiquette is important. And one of the things I plan to do in this group within the next couple of weeks is, is I'll have a post at the top that talks about astral etiquette for the group and even just general psychic etiquette as we work in these territories. Because it is important. It is important. So intimacy with yourself, intimacy with others, and, and particularly in this group is what I'll be focusing on because I, I believe there's such there's an, a level of intimacy that we're capable of that we haven't even scratched the surface. And we can't get there until we're intimate with ourselves and our own tech and know it that deeply and, and prefer and desire and urge at a level we've never done before because that lines us up with who we're meant to co-create with. And then we just naturally urge towards people and towards conversations and towards ideas and, and action that just comes from a different place than when we are in opposition to everything and fighting everything and pointing out what's wrong and committed to going to war with the world we don't want rather than creating the world we do want. And both are necessary and both matter. And no matter where you've been, even if you've been at war at any moment, in any second, you can say, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to shift my algorithm. So intimacy with self, others, and of course the planet. And when I talk about the planet in particular to the craft and this group, and, and this will be part of the spell I have us enact this week, um, is your grid. You've probably heard me talk about this before if you've been in the group for any amount of time, but when we all have an algorithm of our day, and this is what I'm really honing for 2022 for myself. I think I said this earlier in the audio, but the craft, the ritual, my rhythm, having a rhythm with our urge and our, our own craft that sustains us and getting really clear about it. And that we have a rhythm every day that we do. We wake up usually at a certain time. You've, if you look at your life, you've created a certain rhythm. You probably drive to certain stores and go to, you see certain people and talk to certain people. I want you to look at that. I'll go deeper into this in the spell, but I want you to, as you prepare for the spell, which I should, the spell will probably be in your inbox or in posted in the group um, by Thursday, Thursday or Friday, but I'm committing to not being committed to any specific day or time. So just know it's coming. Um, but I want you to prepare for the spell by looking at your algorithms looking at the patterns you do throughout the day and the stores you go to, the way you, like the patterns you drive in your car, pay attention to where your energy goes and where it flows, what you're doing, what are you thinking about? Who are you talking to? What, cons what um, consumes your thoughts primarily? Where, where are you hanging out? Because that's your resonance address. And you'll notice it has a very specific quality and frequency to it. And that's where we're working because it's like, do I, what can I do in this algorithm? What, what do I like about this algorithm that I'm in? What do I not like about it? So for example, just to give you an idea of some of the algorithms I'm shifting in my own reality is one, 
the last couple of years for me, I've, well, the last year in particular, most of you know, I've been in a relationship and I haven't been in a serious or committed relationship for a long time. And it's something I was actively avoiding. And because I needed so much space to myself, I needed a lot of time to heal. I needed no one around me. And honestly, my, my time being single, especially living by myself was one of the best times of my whole life. And I am amazed at how there's only a certain level of work, at least for me, that I, there's only a certain level I could go to without a deeper, more intimate reflection. And those can come in multitude of different types of relationships. And I've had lots of really deep, intimate friendships, but there is something about a partner that you're sharing your life with, your body with, your vulnerabilities with, your things that you don't, your sickness with, you know, all of it, all those things. There's, there's such a deep level of intimacy that's, that has been sprouting in my life. And it has shown me all the places that I, that I had numbed out to, that I didn't want to be disappointed. That like the last year for me has been a lot of emotional work. It's been good, but I was able to finally go into a level of my healing that I instinctively knew. I remember thinking, I don't think I'm ever going to heal fully in this lifetime because there's just somewhere I can't get. But I was so protective, self-protective of my heart that I couldn't let anyone into it. And I remember feeling like, I don't think I'm ever going to get out of this. The guy I'm dating, we were friends for five years before I finally like said yes (laughs) to going out with him. And he did try to ask me out multiple times. And I needed that. I needed to build that long of safety to go to the level. Like I'm realizing looking back like, whoa, I was wounded. So, 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 so deeply strategically wounded that logically speaking in my mind, if I were to just look at logic and look at what I was taught and where I was and what I had access to, I would say I'm, that girl's never going to heal. That girl's never going to be better. Like I don't see that changing. So it feels miraculous that I'm even where I'm at, all of it, not just the relationship, all of it, what I'm doing as a career, what, like this whole thing is such an anomaly. Um, but I don't know how I got into the whole relationship thing, but this intimacy in our algorithms and, and looking at where do I want to spark anomaly? Oh, I know where I was, is I wanted to share with you some of the areas in my life. So one, in this last year that I've looked at myself so deeply and had to see things about myself that I'm just like, wow, 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 wow. Um, one of the things I realized more than anything is in my attempt to not be disappointed, I I was holding back caring for things that really mattered, especially myself, especially in my business. And there's a woman I'm working with, um, a business coach that I've worked with. And one of the things that she said to me recently was like, I don't know how to say this to you, but I feel like I care about your business more than you do. (laughs) And it was so just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Because there's this part of me that I'm always like, oh, I can't, I can't take it too seriously and I can't care too much about it because I don't want to be hurt. Not just with my business. I'm talking about with anything and everything in my reality. And I've had like being in a relationship and, and like growing roots and he has kids. So whether I even have a kid or not, it's like, I'm still in that mom role in many ways. And, and all the things that I haven't been wanting to like root into 
because I've been protecting myself, it's all right there, including my career. Because all of a sudden, it was way easy when it's just me and when I can be a gypsy. And honestly, in the back of my mind, I was always just like, like the level that I could let things go in terms of like, well, oh, well, I'll just, I don't even care if I have to live in my car. I like being a gypsy. I just like, like, I I, I let myself off the hook to such an extreme and it gave me powerful codes. It's why I was able to pull through the shit I was able to pull through and go to the places I've gone because I disconnected that intensely from giving a shit about my life in the sense of I don't have to get married. I don't have to have kids. I don't have to have a certain career. I don't have to look a certain way. I don't, I'm not doing any of that. I'm just going to only do what interests me and what I am capable of doing right now. And inevitably I'm growing roots. And so inevitably I'm realizing like, whoa, where do I actually care? Where do I want to care? If I'm going to invest, if I'm going to invest in the abundance matrix mastermind, if I'm going to invest, continue to invest in this way with my life, what do I want? And it has just shifted. All of a sudden my urge is coming back out again. And I'm realizing, wow, I was asleep. I was there like my deepest urge the algorithm of my deepest urge was asleep under this like protection. And it needed to be, I guess, for the time that it was. But now that I'm waking it up, I am like, oh my gosh, it's so scary and amazing. It's so scary and amazing. And I'm like relearning what it is to just be alive again. I, I, I forgot, like really alive where you actually care because I was truly in a state where I was like, ah, if I die, I don't give a fuck. Truly, that's where I was. And like I said, it gave me a certain level of freedom. But wow, I had no idea. The sleeping algorithm of my urge that is waking up right now. And you guys, I hope you can feel it. It's it's a, it's what we're stepping into, all of us. And I can feel even in this space. Because there was a moment where I was like, I might, I was thinking I might just choose to disappear and not be public and not do this at all anymore. And when I went down that timeline, I was like, but there's nothing I want to do. There's nothing else I even want to do. So I just want to do it right. Well, then if I am going to do this, what do I want? What are my psychic preferences? How do I want the container to feel? What do I want to talk about? If I'm going to talk about anything, what the hell do I want to talk about? If I'm going to have intimacy with people, with co-creators, what kind of intimacy do I want? Who do I want to have intimacy with? All of these things that matter. And I'm realizing like, a part of my, a little bit of the algorithm that got in was this like being above it all. Like if I'm not attached to anything, that space that we can go spiritually speaking, when we spiritually bypass and we just don't attach to anything. I know there's healthy attachment and an unhealthy attachment. And for me, I had so much unhealthy attachment that I decided not to attach at all to anything. And now I'm like creating healthy attachment with the, with my career, with my partner, with myself, with my ideas, with the thing. It's just such a nuanced place to be, to care and to not care at the same time. And not care is not the right word, but to, to pull things close and hold them in intimacy, but hold them loosely and, and knowing that you're also letting them go. It's such a delicate space. And I think this is why we are creators because what would we do if we didn't urge for anything with this incredible tech that we have? Like what, what happens when we get to the place where we realize we're powerful? We realize there is enough. We realize we are enough. We realize there's forgiveness. We realize there's um, 
new life that there's actually rest. We can be restored. It didn't just end where I thought it would. I truly, like I said, I looked back at my life and thought, I, if like, I don't even know how it happened. It's, it, it feels miraculous that I'm even alive. I've thought I, I watched this. Um, there's this YouTube, this guy on YouTube. I don't know if he's just a YouTuber, but his videos are on YouTube and he, interviews people that like nobody else would interview. He interviews a lot of prostitutes and I watched this one. Um, they're so real and raw and honest. And one of the ones I watched, I remember what looking at listening to this girl and thinking, I don't know how I'm not that I could, I could see a timeline. I honestly felt like I could see a timeline where I was in that same position and I thought, how did it not happen? Like, what? 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 I've never even shared my full story with you guys. And that's some, another anomaly that I'll be doing in 2022 is that more and more of my story I'll share. And on, I'm going to have family members on my podcast. And my family's freaking hilarious, by the way. And once you guys hear me and my siblings talking, it'll give you this whole different view of me. Um, but all that to say is there's just so much to be, there's so much more to be experienced about life, things that we don't even know, states of being that we didn't, we had no idea even existed. That's the kind of shit we're stepping into. And it's exciting. And it's only accessible through intimacy. And that means through caring, through being open, through expanding. And there might be times where we have to close off to protect, to just get our bearings, which is what I had to do. But as you think about your, as you think about intimacy and the algorithm of your intimacy, ask yourself, what is my algorithm? Even throughout, so I didn't finish the last thing I'll say is even throughout your day and your algorithm of driving to work or to whatever you do, the place you get coffee, the places you eat, the places you grocery shop, the bank you go to, this is all part of your intimacy with life. What kind of relationship do you have? with that algorithm. If we all just took 2022 and said, I'm going to work on my intimacy with self, others, and the planet. I'm going to work on my intimacy. When I drive around the roads, this is always one I bring up because I sometimes get so fresh. I don't like driving. I love that I work from home. I love that I can go to the stores at times when no one else is there. I like that I don't have to be on the road. I purposely never drive during rush hour if I don't have to. I feel so spoiled in that way. And even still, I realized my attitude when, when there was like slightly too much traffic or too many people, like I'd pull up to a store and see a lot of cars and be like, ugh, that's an, that's, that's an algorithm. That's an energy. That's a resonance. That's a setup. It's setting me up for a certain kind of experience and a deep belief that that's how it has to be. So, so shifting that for me has been huge. And thinking about what kind of thing am I programming as I'm driving on the freeway, as I'm interacting with people, as I'm looking, like shifting it all on its head, shifting all of it on its head. How can you go deeper into your intimacy with life? This is what I'm excited to dive into in 2022 with you. Deeper intimacy with the craft. Deeper connection deep understanding of our cycles, our relationship to the earth, our relationship to nature, 
the things that are even closest to us, the plants that are closest to us, the type of animals that are closest to us. How can I, how can I get deeper with that? I've been, as I've been hiking, I've been getting to know the plants, the local plants better and getting books on it and learning to make different things. And even just like when I walk now, I pay attention to the plants that are around me and I'll touch them and feel them and try to notice the intricacies and nuances and, and then tune in psychically and ask like, what is the, what kind of energy does this plant psychically and astrically magically have? What are the magical properties? What I've been blown away by is I'll tune in and then I'll go home and look it up. And I'm, it's like, Pretty a lot of the things that I'll feel are the magical properties of something are like dead on. That's how potent magic is. That's how potent energy is, especially when we associate things. There's a collective um, young, what does young call it? Carl Jung calls it the collective unconscious, I think. But that space where we're all, we have universal meanings for things and then we have our own individual meaning. And this is all connected to intimacy. It's all connected to the craft. And the more intimate we can become, the more we slow way down. So I said earlier, our bodies, I think when we were in a more expanded state of being and had more intimacy and primal connection to life, we were probably a lot slower. We slowed down. We touched things. We got to know their essence deeply. And when we're in war and in the lack matrix and in rush, 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 hurry, 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 you don't slow down. And people would think that was nonsensical. Why are you stopping and touching that rose and feeling every aspect of its petals and looking at every intricacy of it? Why are you asking it what its magical properties are? Why are you picking it and bringing it home and distilling it and making medicine with it or whatever? You know, this is just one example. But this is how the craft works. What is your intimacy with life? This is the craft. This is the practice the constant practice of being conscious about what we're programming into things, how deeply we're connecting with things, how we're resisting things. This is the craft. So intimacy with the craft, 2022, it's one minute and two seconds and it was 22 seconds right when I did that, 10222 right when I said that. So deeper intimacy for 2022. You can expect the spell for this week a little later this week and I would love to hear your thoughts about this. Much love, you guys. Happy 2022. I cannot wait to go deeper. I cannot wait to continue to um, make this this space more intimate and just unlike anything else that's out there. All right. Much love, you guys. If you listen to the entire podcast, I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for diving in. And just a reminder, this particular podcast was an excerpt from the Abundance Matrix Mastermind which is on the Mighty Network. And if you are interested in joining for the year 2022 or just for a month to try it out, you can check out the link in the show notes or go to the Mighty Network and search for Abundance Matrix Mastermind. Either way should work. I hope you guys are well. Happy 2022 and much love.